Hi, this is Joe. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Thanks for taking some time. My pleasure. My pleasure. Getting ready to uh, have you a little north of us up at the Count Basie in Red Bank on October 17th and a little west of us at the Scottish Ray Auditorium on November 4th in Collingswood. Now, me personally, I've seen you on G3. I've seen you with Chicken Foot, but I've never seen an actual just Joe Satriani solo show. So what can fans, concert goers, or even me expect uh, from these uh, these shows coming up? Oh, well, you'll be blown away. We do a real high energy show uh you know i was talking to uh, another dj a while ago about how funny it was when i started out back in 88 not knowing what to do at a guitar you know a rock guitar instrumental show because i thought well there's no singing and i'd never been in a band without singing before and yet you know i had this new album surfing with the alien i had to promote it so we went out there and every night we were like scratching our heads like what do we do do we jump around do we get the audience to participate <laughs> Where you just stand there, you know, and just like look at your guitar. So after about a week of that tour, a lot of hard work, two shows a night and everything, I got the gig playing for Mick Jagger, which was a whole other story in itself, but it was crazy, wonderful, you know, change of fortune. Two months later, I get back on the road, and of course, I had this, you know, extra experience of playing with Mick on these huge stages, you know, playing the Tokyo Dome, just gigantic venues and I brought all that back into our show and I could tell uh, my band at the time Jonathan Mover on drums and Stuart Ham on bass I said I've had some experiences in the last couple of months and this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to make you know these guitar instrumentals really be exciting to watch and to participate in for the audience at these shows so that's what we do run a high energy show we like the audience to get really involved and connect uh, the last record came out in April of this year, The Elephants of Mars. Going back, you mentioned Surfing the Alien, and then you've had uh, you've done so much music, and you've worked with so many artists. Has your playing changed at any uh, as you've gotten older? And uh, would you have advice for your younger self now, here that you are a seasoned veteran as a guitar player, a touring artist, and in the uh, music industry? Yeah, so boy, I wish I could have, uh, you know, write a book called Advice to Joe and then go back in time <laughs> and, and give it to my younger self. You know, it's, it's, uh, I've been uh, really blessed to be able to uh, keep improving and not have too many roadblocks, you know, like physical issues that I had to, to work around because uh, it's, a, it's a tough thing uh, playing at the top of your game all the time and trying to, you know, push the technical envelope. I think what uh, really... Uh, helped me along that I really started to concentrate on writing songs right from the beginning. Because I was teaching guitar uh, at the same time that I was slowly developing the idea of becoming a, a solo artist, and I got to see, you know, 12-year-old kids walk in and blow me away over and over again. Even when I was 15 years old, one of my first students was Steve Vai, and I got face-to-face with a 12-year-old that I knew was going to play way better than me. I was, and when you see it, you go, oh, this is the way life works. <laughs> you know, you know there's, just, there's always going to be somebody who can do something faster or crazier or whatever. So don't get hung up on it. Don't try to chase somebody else's style or technique or whatever. You really do have to look inside and realize that people are going to be interested in because of your uniqueness, not because you're good at copying somebody else. That, that'll work if you're in a cover band, uh, if you play, you know, uh, weddings and, and, you know, stuff like that. That's an essential thing to be able to cover other artists. But 
to become your own artist, sell records and tour around the world, people are only interested in the original side of you. So mm-hmm. that should be the thing that you work on. There's no book about it. You know, there's no exercise that you do to get there, which means it's a bit harder, but it, you, it's sort of like a mindset you have to get into to always try to develop your personal technique. And I think that's, that's the thing that I would go back and remind myself. That would be my advice. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned Steve Vai. Obviously, uh, you tutored him. You see him go on to all the success and everything. And then you end up touring with him on the G3 tour. Uh, how surreal was that? How much fun was that going on tour with him? You know, it's, it's interesting. We're coming up on a, a really great anniversary, 25 years since the first uh, G3 tour. And I was thinking about um, how when I got this idea to put together a, uh, a tour where I get to hang out with my favorite guitar players, um, you know, it would really satisfy me on a personal level. And But when I brought it to the, the Bill Graham office, they were like, well, it's going to be hard to sell. And then we had to sell it to promoters, you know, the idea. And then, of course, when I called Steve and Eric Johnson and I said, I had this idea that we, we play together every night instead of competing with each other at different gigs different times, we, we actually put all of that aside, all that competition aside, and we go out and we play together and jam at the end of the night. And they, they actually, you know, their managers uh, were like, we don't want to do this. No, we don't want you know, the chance that our, <laughs> our artist is going to look bad on any given night because someone else is going to play better. And so it took me a while to convince them that the audience has already made up their mind who their favorite is. That's not why they're coming. They're coming because they're so happy we're playing together. They're going to really love to look at how different we are and how differently we play. And they're going to they're going to thank us for that, you know. And so that's what you should be thinking of. It's not showing off. It's celebrating with the audience. Uh, and and that's so much fun. And and I could go on and on, <laughs> you know, for hours. How many different times, you know, we were on stage. Uh, me and John Petrucci, uh, Robert Fripp, uh, you know, next to Billy Gibbon, Brian May, and just, you know, Neil Sean, who just having amazing moments where guitar players uh, decide to put all that competition aside and, and just have fun. It was a fun show when I went and saw it. Uh, you had uh, Pertucci and you had Phil Collin and Def Leppard on the uh, on the tour. It was a lot of fun. I, I know it was in the news. I want to touch a little bit on it briefly. And I'll, I'll, I'll pose it this way with all the Van Halen stuff that came up. When the possibility came up, did you jump at it or did you need some convincing to possibly do it if it did happen? <laughs> you know, you know what, I, what I said to Alex and Dave was uh, that any sane guitar player would hang up and run away as fast as possible. Because <laughs> I said, you know, it's just like nobody can replace Eddie. It's just yeah. that's all there is to it. Every, you know, almost every kid in the world on YouTube can copy the notes, and you know, but there's just nothing like him. It would be a very difficult thing to do. But because I was such a fan of Eddie Van Halen and, and the legacy the band laid down, I thought this is one of those challenges that might be able to get more fans to really recognize the, you know, the, the accomplishment uh, of Eddie Van Halen. So I thought, okay, this is good. This could be a, a, you know, a labor of love in a way and not don't think about it as trying to measure up, you know, because you can't. Everybody knows that. But that was it. Did you see uh, Wolfgang doing the Van Halen songs at the, at the Taylor Hawkins tribute? That was my next question for you. Did you see it? Because that blew my mind. 
know, it blew my mind and and, and melted my heart at the same time. I was yeah. just so happy to hear it. It was just really touching, you know, and, I, and so I thought, wow, I'd go see that. I'd buy a ticket to that to watch Wolfie do his dad's stuff because it just seems so natural. You know? He learned well. Yeah, that was amazing. The whole evening was amazing, but that one I was not expecting because Wolfie's kind of like stayed away from the Van Halen songs, but uh, he definitely paid attention to dad after those two songs that he uh, that he did. Joe? Red Bank, Collingswood. We got Count Basie on October 17th, Scottish Rite Auditorium on November 4th. We'll get people to get on out there. Hopefully I'll get to one of them. As, uh, and I'll leave you with this. Uh, besides the tour, you just put a record out. Anything else uh, you have coming up the rest of this year and into 2023? We are finally going to uh, continue the, the tour uh, that we had to postpone many times in Europe. So we'll be in Europe uh, next April to uh, finally do that tour. We're hoping to do some festivals next summer as well. And, uh, and then, yeah, we've got exciting things to talk about that I can't talk about <laughs> <laughs> coming up. So, But uh, no doubt we'll talk again, and I'll, I'll be able to uh, spill the beans. Awesome. That's great, man. Joe, thank you for taking some time. All the best, and we'll see you soon here in Jersey. Thank you. All right. Rock on.